Well, I'm no stranger to what you're talking about. So often when I've got up to open air preach, I get that feeling of absolute smallness. Mm. Yeah. To this day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To this day. I think that's important to, yes. to clarify because yes. people, I think, are always surprisingly comforted when they discover that you still have those moments of fear to this day. Yeah. yeah. And even just giving out tracks or riding my bike through a, <laughs> through a local college with oh. a dog wearing sunglasses, I just feel really suddenly, sometimes really dumb. And we've got to remember that it's a spiritual battle. Yeah. That Satan's the father of lies and the accuser of the brethren. Easy, you're mentioning before about the Lord is my shepherd, and I was just had an image in my mind of. Something we forget, the shepherd has a staff yeah. in his hand. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. And what the shepherd does is he separates the sheep from the goats, but he also uses that staff to beat off predators. Yeah. And so that's speaking of the authority of Christ. Mm. It's not just a wooden staff, but the authority he has to separate the sheep from the goats and to beat off the predators that come to us. Frog legs and fried green tomatoes. That's what I ate, guys, a couple days ago. I noticed you're hopping around. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I said that when we had a kangaroo in yeah, Australia. Wait, right. what did you eat? Frog legs. Frog you legs. were in Mississippi, though, weren't frog you? Frog legs? I oh. was in Mississippi. Yeah, frog legs. Fried frog legs. They I taste love... like alligator. They taste great. Uh, I love them. Yeah, and fried green tomatoes. Disgusting. Fried green They tomatoes. were good. Really? I could see that. Yeah, they were good. I was surprised. Um, but, uh, no, it's a, it's a special tomato. It's not. It's not a regular tomato? No, it's got to be. It can't be raw. Probably, well, it's probably, no, it's just ri- uh, not ripened, right? Wouldn't that imagine. be acidic? I don't know, but they it said, was. Green, green, green tomatoes makes you go, ugly, ugly. <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> that was what have happened you, to my face. Have you ever had a deep fried Oreo? Stop it. All right. We, so we're having, listen, we were having dinner in Mississippi. They were telling me about all the things they fry, and they said they fry. Oreo. Oh, it is the best. Deep fried butter is really good. I don't believe it. I know they actually do that, though. And ice cream, too. Seriously, what don't they They fry in the South? They fry everything. That's insane. Do you know one time I was at the fairgrounds, I was like, I'm going to have one deep fried thing. That's it. Just one. I got to pick wisely. I need to pick something I've never had before, and I'm reading through the list. And I see cheese, and I'm like, deep fried cheese? That sounds amazing. That's like, you just yeah, ruined my is. joke. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. I'm like, oh, it's a mozzarella stick. <laughs> so oh, I love mozzarella I stick. Oh, that's, that's some good frying right there. Uh, you know what else I had recently was uh, fried pickle. Oh, I love fried. I got that for you. Oh, were you the one that got Yeah. Isn't <laughs> oh, it yeah, good? We're at that restaurant out yeah. when Mark spoke. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh that, was, that was pretty good. I'm going to try more fried stuff in my life. Yeah, speaking of that, that, did you wonder why? His last words, by the way. <laughs> did you wonder why? <laughs> so true. Why I hung up on you this morning when I called you? Oh, why'd you hang up on me this morning when? Because I called I'm you? sick of you predicting what I'm doing before <laughs> I do it. I'm, I don't mind God doing that, but I don't like you doing it. I said, I'll call Easy. I'm going to be one minute late for the podcast, and I'll tell him I had to go to the vet because it's cheaper than the doctor. Yeah, and it's even worse when I do it because I because I do it. Well, in the New Zealand accent. Yeah, like well, you're no, talking it wasn't. It was a silly head. accent I heard, and I, I just I said, I'll tell Easy. I, I was the vet, I'm going to be a minute late. And you say, Easy. Easy. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be late. I went to the vet with the dog. So I just hung up on him. There's no, there's no point in <laughs> no talking point to in him, calling me. But it's, it's, it's not a prophetic gift, yeah. is it? Rachel started to say something last night, and I, I answered her question after like two words came out of her mouth. And she goes, wait, you don't even know what I... I said, no, of course I do. And I answered the question. <laughs> That's annoying. I'm special edible. Anyway, <laughs> fried food, Mississippi. Guys, I was in Mississippi, and I had a blast. Yeah? Yeah, so I was out for the, uh, the Bible Belt Conference. 
This was uh, in a it was city called, called yeah, the Bible Belt Conference. It was this, in a city called Pearl, which is right next to uh, Jackson, which, by the way, was not long ago mm. the top murder capital in America. Huh. I think, yeah, pretty crazy. Take that off. But my anyhow, list. it was it was such a refreshing <laughs> conference. What, Mark? We should send Mark an invitation to that murderous area. Oh yeah, Mark, <laughs> take it off my bucket list. <laughs> send Mark out there. It will be a bucket. Anyway. The uh, last thing on my bucket list. <laughs> what, what these saints are doing out there is even more special considering where they're at. But they, they are going door to door. They've been to over 10,000 homes. Wow. They hit like 40 doors, I don't know how, a day or a week. I can't remember how many, you know, in, in terms of, you know, the frequency. But they've been to over 10,000 homes. Wow. And they are doing it. I mean, you're talking like the, the one of the pastors and then another brother, these guys put on a phenomenal conference. I was out there. It was uh, our brother, uh, Mike Riccardi, Justin Peters, Vody Bacham, myself, and then a few few other guys. And it was so refreshing. I mean, there were people coming. And those of you who are listening, there were a number of you there who listened to the podcast. You were such an encouragement to me just talking about how the mm-hmm. podcast has impacted them. People came from different states. and oh, Don't you love so, that when someone walks up? We get to meet somebody face-to-face that's been listening oh, just through audio. It. So a big shout out to uh, Theo, Dustin, Joseph. Theo and Joseph are pastors in the church there, and they put the conference on. By the way, the church out there is called Christ's Church, and I believe that's in Pearl, Pearl or Jackson. And that was and, the um, Bible Belt Conference. Yeah. Because I just got invited to the Bible Suspenders <laughs> Conference. <laughs> <laughs> and look, Tennessee... <laughs> <laughs> raise, raise. No, that just took right a now. little minute for me to grab. <laughs> I must be tired. I knew that was coming. I knew you were going to say that. I was going to finish it, but uh, I was yeah. being polite. Yeah, Christ's Church. Make sure to to check that out. And Dustin picked me up. This is one of the brothers who goes door to door, and what a great brother. So shout out to all you guys. Thanks again for the hospitality, the love, and for the privilege. Uh, to speak at that. Easy oh, hands. I'm sorry, Mark. No, I, I, admire, <laughs> I admire people that go door to door. How yeah. many doors did you knock on in your area? Yeah. yeah, we did about a thousand in, wow. in our area around the church. That was just and... in two days. That was wonderful. Yeah, I liked it. In fact, <laughs> I told them? them I told them your story about the Jehovah's Witness when oh, you yeah. knocked on that door in New Zealand. <laughs> well, I'm not. Or, no, I am. The first yes. job I ever had was door to door sales. Really? really? That's was, horrible, isn't it? Yeah, I was like twelve or twelve years old. Some high school student was going around getting like junior high kids to sell. Uh, I think it was the OC register. So he would pick up, pick us up in his like riggedy old truck and drop us off in cul-de-sacs. And we would just go door to door to door trying to sell OC register registrations. Wait, that's what I did. Really? That was my first door to door. Really? You serious? Yeah. Yeah. We had, did you guys do the scratch off where they could win a trip to Hawaii or Taiwan? We had like this card that if they got the the subscription, they got this card that was like a discount card to all the local restaurants. No, we had a 30 day money back guarantee. Oh, you're younger than me. So ours was by a lot. Have we got a podcast? No, no (laughs) No, newspaper, Orange County Register. Alumni. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Dude, we're going to have to talk about that. It's funny. Uh, Okay, friends. Okay, friends. Friends and friends. Here it is. We have a comment. Life changing. I am a follower of Pastor Jack Hibbs and I recently heard Ray preach at his church. You did, Ray. Thousands I know this people. About five, six thousand, if you can call six, it seven thousand people. Which led me to this podcast because you mentioned it, Ray. Mm-hmm. I looked him up and realized he was one of the main evangelists my dad would share with me as I was coming out of atheism as a result of being a dis- 
fellowshipped Jehovah's Witness. Speaking of Jehovah's Witnesses, I love how simple he makes the gospel, and this podcast has become a part of my daily routine. All of you bring something special, and I love laughing with you, even with wheezy easy. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha. You all crack me up and are so insightful. Thank you for this podcast and blessing my life with your wisdom. Shout out to Mark and Oscar, too. You are all awesome. God bless you all. Thank you. Ooh, fist bump going on there. Uh, Thank you, Cor Lulu. Corlulu. Thank you, Corlulu. Uh, what an encouragement. And, and life-changing is, is a ch- subject. It doesn't say what's worse or better. <laughs> <laughs> Destroyed my life. All right, friends, this podcast is brought to you by anyone but me. Ten ways uh, to overcome <laughs> your fear. It's like oh, I had to kill the title of a book. <laughs> yeah, really. This podcast. Anyone but me. Ten ways to overcome your fear and be prepared to share the gospel. People fear, huh, Ray? Just a little. Yeah. That's why today, friends, on the Living Waters podcast, we're talking about finding freedom from fear. Oh, don't forget the evidence study Bible at livingwaters.com. Do you guys get afraid when I do my stuff? Yes. Isn't, no, there's another word. There's got to be another word there. <laughs> horrified. It's horrified. Tormented. Nauseous? Like, yeah, nauseous. <laughs> Tormented like the dog next door, Mark, here at Living Waters that barks all day. Boy, we have <laughs> a, oh, my goodness. We have a Do you little hear that puppy. Too? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, you hear that too, huh? Incessantly barking all the day. Well, Mark ruined my oh. prayer time because I was in my office praying and I, I could not hear the dog because I'm so holy and focused but he told spiritually. You about and he walks in and he goes, that dog! And then I heard it. And then he ruined my prayer. Do you know how to stop it? There's an easy dog. way to stop it. Because I'm holy, Oscar. It's a soak, uh, <laughs> a steak soaked super glue. Uh, put super glue in a steak. <laughs> just toss it over oh, the fence. that's seriously <laughs> an idea. That's, <laughs> that's funny. I saw, <laughs> I saw oh, a meme that had a lipstick for female pastors. And it was super glue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's going to get us in trouble. All right, friends. So, yeah, freedom, finding freedom from fear. Yeah, fear is a bizarre thing, guys, isn't it? I mean, I, I really wish I could capture a pound of fear, dissect it, and just figure out what in the world it is. Okay, how would you guys describe fear? Explain it. For, don't don't get all scientific on me. Explain it from <laughs> from a well, feelings, I got to say. feelings standpoint. It's, it's like a wild dog that you need to grab the leash and keep it short. I've seen guys walk their dog around the – well, they don't walk the dog. The dog walks them around the block. They have a leash yeah. that's like four miles long, and they wonder why they've got no control over the dog. Right. And the key is to have a short leash on that dog so you've got complete control really quickly. Mm. And that's what you have to do with fear, because if you let that leash out, it's just going to pull you along. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I think the best way to describe fear... No, uh, I just did easy. No, no, no. That was Next. the worst, <laughs> the worst <laughs> that way. Was the worst. <laughs> um, no, but, but seriously, I think one of the, the probably ways to sum up fear is... It's crippling. It's crippling. Well, that's what it does. Yeah, it cripples you. Mm. It destroys that ability to function effectively. Have you ever been paralyzed by fear? Uh, I've been gripped by fear. Maybe, maybe yeah, it feels paralyzing. Yeah. What does it mean to be gripped by fear? What do you mean by that? Where it overtakes you and consumes you and you feel like you're That's just... not when the pit bull chased you. You, that... you. you weren't paralyzed. You ran. Oh, those, oh, the pit bulls. <laughs> those two pit bulls. That's right. When I was at the park and I jumped on the, uh, the thing, I was jogging through the park. We talked about that years ago. Yeah. 
What were you asking, Oscar? Gripped by fear. Uh, an example of oh. when you've been gripped by fear. When Mark took his shirt off? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't perish, the only one. Perish the thought. You know, I would say, honestly... Mm. Everything you say is honest. <laughs> no, 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 so Everything not. before this moment was dishonest. So you're not going to yeah. not speak the truth. You didn't know that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Preface with... Honestly. I'm going to tell the truth for the no. first time. <laughs> uh, I would say when we were in Israel and we were about to get killed... Mm. And Ray was oblivious. <laughs> We've talked about it. Oblivious. So, Guy spits on him. He tried, well, he, I guess nothing landed, but he tries like seven times. What do you mean times. nothing landed? He got five times. I got hit five times. Oh, you times. did get hit. I, I got a free shower. I, I went home and had another shower. Seriously, I was covered. I didn't up. know because you kept ducking and laughing. Well, just, hey, miss me. You know, he got me every time. It was a hookah-soaked saliva. Uh, oh, yeah, awful. that guy. And, and oh, he was mad. Yeah, yeah the, the second you said Jesus. And then Ray jumps off the box. Oh, hey, do you want to yip, 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 <laughs> running around. <laughs> like a parrot. And they're, they were going to kill us. They tried to take the camera from me. That was probably one of, yeah, that, that was being gripped with fear. It was, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm an Arab in the midst That's of true. all these Jews. I, I was going to open air preach after Ray. And I don't know what would have happened if I did, because mm. they probably they probably sensed a little bit of Jewishness. Yeah, but if Ray. you did your Indian accent or New Zealand accent, would have fooled them for sure. Oh, yeah. Do a New Zealand accent, Ray. Yeah, we're doing good. What are you... <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Thanks, Oscar. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it is. It's crippling. And I want to talk about it from a few different angles today, guys. I, I want to first I talk think about... It's good. I think it, it would be good for us, just from a point of relatability to each of us, maybe go around and talk about moments that we've experienced yeah, fear good. or things that we're afraid of. Mark, do you got, you got anything that you're afraid of? Off the top of my head? No, I mean, I grew up with the fear of dogs. I, I don't think that all fear, I think we can get into this, but I don't think all fear is a terrible thing, right? Agreed. The fear Not of the Lord all. is the beginning of wisdom. Because I was mauled by a German shepherd when I was five years old. I, I heard just, it was a Maltese. Um, not quite, but uh, those are pretty terrible dogs. <laughs> Mark, we love you, Mark. Mothers. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> but go on. Just a, I think I had a fear of dogs. I I can't think of anything else. You guys go, and then maybe something will hit me. I don't live in the past. <laughs> Do you fear an attacking lion or anything like that? I would, absolutely. Yeah, me if too. Lion were to... Ferocious line coming at you, showing us. Otherwise, I would mock the line behind the fence. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't had like the Israel type fear in a long time. But, but can you imagine, like our brothers and sisters around the world who are being persecuted? You know, and they're watching their kids being killed in front of them. Mm-hmm. And and you know, honestly, I don't fear death. I fear torture. And and man is so wicked. You know, sometimes like these torturous kind of thoughts come into my mind of what could be done to, to, to me, you know, to, to, for someone to it's torture me. It's not to think like that. I know, but the, sometimes they pop into my mind and it's just like... I had it this morning. Did you? Did you? Yeah, I was in oh. a vet's uh, room waiting for 15 minutes and there was only one poster on the wall and I forgot my phone. <laughs> and the poster on the wall was about parasites and cats. It was 15 minutes. How many times did you read the poster? Eh? I just once. I don't want to get into cat <laughs> parasites. Yeah. Have you guys ever struggled with like the fear of failure? Is that I hold you back? Because I'm so used to it. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah. explain that, Ray. Well, most things I try, I fail at, but sometimes I hit the target. So it's worth the failures. I learn from failures. That's good. And so, um, somebody yeah. once said, I, "I don't fear failure; I fear success." Yeah. 
That's really good. I, so what? 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 Why do they say that? I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> I was that someone. Yeah. Well, what I always say is, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. Ooh. I just made that Did up. Did you make that up? <laughs> yeah. You know, eighty-six percent of stats are made up on the spot. Mm-hmm. I just made that up. <laughs> you know who else makes things up? Easy. You have something you want to say? Uh, Oscar, what are you going to say? I don't fear like physical. I have no fear of spiders, of heights. What? I can't think of anything that I'm afraid of in this world. Oh. Um, but I do fear failure. You know, for example, like just full confession, I, I love to read. I, I love the art of writing. I can identify good writing, good authors. Uh, I think good writing is beautiful and needed and important in this world. But then my fear is if I go and try to write, I won't be an adequate writer. Mm. Um, you so know, is that the, perfectionism? It could be, absolutely. And so I'll, I'll give you another example. Like I equate it to you know art. I love going to a museum. I love going to art shows. But I would never assume that I can do what the artist did. You know, I don't go look at a Picasso and think like, yeah, I could do that. And yet I kind of there's there's that like gravitation towards writing. And so I think that my fear of failure holds me back. It holds me back from, I love what you just said. Like you've failed so many times that you're not afraid of it anymore. I think that's great. It's honorable. It's good. It's, it's humbling. It's a good recognition of, of your limitations. And limitations are a good thing for us. That's something I have to remind myself of. That ultimately my limitations will give way to the, the power and, and the, the work of God in my life and what he wants to do. Um, so I have all the answers for my fears, but nonetheless, it's always something that I struggle with. It's always something that I have to overcome. And, you know, it's, it's always like, I always have false starts. If I have to write something, it always, that first sentence is always the hardest one for me before I, the, the bulk starts to roll. What, yeah. I know you, you've, you've mentioned resonating with that, right? Yeah, for sure. Failure is definitely one of those things that, that I dread. And, you know, we'll, we're going to talk actually a little more about that because we're going to do an, uh, an episode on anxiety as well. And I think some of those things fall into the realm, you know, of anxiety as well. But I, I wanted us to, to probe kind of a few different categories. I want to talk, first of all, about the fear of man. Hmm. And, you know, Scripture says that the fear of man is a snare. And when, when you think about the fear of man, I think if you're thinking about it soberly, you end up recognizing how ridiculous it is. But what are the aspects that cause us to be in fear when it relates to other people? You know, what what comes to mind when you think, okay, these are the things that make it hard for me to do what I'm supposed to do because I fear man? Anything come to mind? I think three things, power, praise, and reputation. Those are the three things that, that come to mind as we think about the fear of man. First, power. We're afraid that other people will have power over us, and we think that what we can accomplish will then gain us power. Praise is having having the praise of other people, hearing that we've done a good job, uh, feeling adequate, you know, in front of parents, parents that maybe neglected us when we were, I know a lot of people who experience neglect from a parent will often grow up and have this like need to find the praise and, and build up a reputation for themselves. They want to know that they're good enough. And so they look to other people for that. And uh, I, I think the beauty of that, the beauty of the gospel is that we shift what we need to know about ourselves. We shift from going from looking horizontally to looking vertically to Christ, 
to God, to what God has to say about us. And so I think to pin the fear of man and the fear of God right next to each other is actually really valuable because the fear of man is a snare. If I want the approval of my peers, if I want the approval of an audience, if I want the approval of my family and my friends, it is a constant snare because their standards and expectations are always changing. And because even if I get their approval, it's still not going to be satisfying because ultimately the true approval that my heart longs for is the approval of God, which can only be found through the cross. Uh, And so we, you know, the shifting from the fear of man to the fear of the Lord, the shifting from a horizontal view and perspective of ourselves to a vertical view and seeing us in the way that God sees us frees us from all of those anxious worries, from all of those exhaustive ways of living, of just always trying to earn the approval of others when we've already gotten the approval of God through what Jesus has done for us. Hey, listener, have you ever imagined yourself having a box of goodies for you to give away to every friend, loved one, non-believer that crosses your path? Well, now you can get one. That's because Living Waters is giving away 10 free boxes of goodies every single week. That's eight in the USA and two overseas. And this is being made possible by a faithful partner of ours that has given us funds to make these resources available to you for free. Each of these boxes has a hundred dollars. That's right, $100 worth of tracks, books, and even your very own podcast mug. Go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast, fill out the form, and then listen to the end of the episodes where we will be announcing our winners. Livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. Good luck. Yeah, I mean, Ray, would you see it as that, like that there's something in us that just absolutely detests rejection, that we we will not do what we know we ought to because we, we so, maybe it's idolatry. We so I, idolize that acceptance by people or praise. It's a, it's a pride. It's a subtle pride of being worried what people think of us. I find the fear has a torment is worse than what you're fearing. A fear that has that's torment good. is worse than what you're fearing. Like, mm-hmm. that's why I, I like... I don't like it, but I run at Goliath. Mm. If Goliath's there and you stand and he just keeps yelling at you, that's worse than running at him. At least you're doing something. And that's what David did. He ran at Goliath, if I remember correctly. Mm. And that's what we need to do with fear. Don't let it torment you. Run at it and do what you know you should. This is regarding the fear of man, which we often put hand in hand with, with evangelism. Yeah, You know, we could talk to anybody about sport without fear of rejection, I think. Yeah. If you're watching the Super Bowl at a, in, a, um, in an airport, and there's a guy next to you watching it too. You could bring up the subject and talk with a stranger because you've got something in common. And so I find the way to build a conversation or start a conversation with uh, a stranger is to get something in common with him. And the thing that we have in common is that he fears death and doesn't want to talk about it. Mm. But if I can get him to talk about it, it's going to give an inroad to uh, address the gospel or bring the gospel up. Yeah, you know, uh, my grandson Haddon, he's about to turn two. He's been learning Bible stories, and he is, right now, all he wants to talk about is David and Goliath. Hmm. And, I mean, he's, he, he's really advanced verbally. He's, he's saying sentences now. So his, his most recent thing is, I'm going to go and fight Goliath. <laughs> I mean, he's been saying that. I'm going to go and fight Goliath. So Rachel and I are going to be out of town. His birthday is coming up April 9th. And 
he uh we so we got him a helmet and a sword and a shield oh, and yeah, stuff. Cool. so he's running around with it last night i gotta go fight goliath and then matthias his dad six foot four is yeah. goliath <laughs> yeah we're like dad's <laughs> goliath you know he's going at matthias and but i love that ray you know that determination to just to go yeah and 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 to just not even let ourselves think about it but to be able to fight the enemy you know, we have been designed within our DNA to fear, mm. to fear. We, we, we can't That's good. throw that to the side, right? We, we've been designed to have a healthy fear of God. And, and when, when we're not fearing God, we will still fear because we're designed within our fear to fear. And what happens is when you're not looking to God, you're going to be fearing your circumstance, or you're going to be fearing there's not going to be enough finances there, or something is going to happen mm. where we will not have a healthy fear. Listen to what Paul Tripp said. He said, fear can overwhelm your senses. It can distort your thinking. It can kidnap your desires. It can capture your meditation so that you spend more time worrying about what could be than considering the God who is. Mm. Fear can cause you to make bad decisions in the short term and fail to make good decisions in the long run. Fear can cause you to forget what you know and to lose sight of who you are. Fear can make you wish for control you will never have. It can cause you to distrust people you have no reason to trust, and it can cause you to be demanding rather than serving. It can cause you to run when you should stay and to stay when you really should run. Fear can make God look small and your circumstance loom large. Fear can make you seek from people what you only get from the Lord. Fear can be the soil of your deepest questions and your biggest doubts. Your heart was wired to fear because you are designed for life shaped by fear of God. But horizontal fear cannot be allowed to rule your heart, because if it does, it'll destroy you and your ministry. Wow. There is a good fear. There is a healthy fear. A healthy fear will keep you away from the the edge of the cliff, from coming too close and, (laughs) and living as a thrill seeker. A healthy fear will get you to not step inside the cage with a lion when everything within you says to uh, stay away from that. I bet you would, right? <laughs> there's a healthy fear to keep on a put on a seatbelt, even if the law says you don't need to wear a seatbelt. You wear a seatbelt because you, there's a fear of dying. You know, so we, we just need to make sure we we keep these things in their proper place. Yeah. That if you feel fearful, perhaps you're lacking the faith of drawing near to God, yeah. right? Because we've been designed to draw near to God, and if we draw near to God, He will near to us. So Oscar, I was horrified when you said you're not scared of spiders or heights. Those both things I couldn't, <laughs> I got this nightmare of being on a thousand foot cliff and spiders crawling on me at the same time. I thought you were going to say a thousand foot I spider. I can't stand spiders. <laughs> Just thing. say spider and I want to spit. Ray, spider. would you, if, if a thousand spiders kept crawling on you, would you spit? Constantly, I would, I would drown in it. <laughs> Seriously, I just my grandchild did the same thing. Sees a spider, want to spit. It's just a bad taste in my mouth. Heights, I can't stand heights. I don't like flying in planes. It's not the height that worries me; it's the crash. I don't, want <laughs> I, I don't care about cliffs. It's the hitting the ground that worries me. Yeah. And so I am thrilled that I didn't do what my friends did when I was before I was a Christian. About a year before I was a Christian, we'd go across these cliff faces when there was no surf because these are thrill seekers, and they'd jump off this cliff. And a friend of mine was first to jump off a cliff to see how deep the water was. Wow. Oh, you never want to be that guy. What? Yeah, he's crazy. And Let me the... test it before I know how deep it no, is. No, no, just that was how he tested it. <laughs> and, and he came up with a bleeding nose. And <sighs> those are the guys that died through drug abuse, a lot of mm. them, because that's the sort of guys they were. They didn't think. I, stand, I stood back with my wife, and I thought, man, and I wasn't a Christian, this life is so precious to me, I'd never do that. No. And so when I came to the Lord, it was my feet st- st- stood on a rock 
And I thought, I'm, I'm standing on a rock now. You know, no. I'm not going to no. lose this life. Okay. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be so grateful for it. I'm not going to risk it with spiders <laughs> or heights. A thousand you know, foot spider. That's why I live in New Zealand. <laughs> no. no poisonous spiders or snakes. That's right. You know, Bart yeah. McCurdy is afraid of spiders as well. He made, he won on America's Funniest yeah. Videos because oh, of his reaction towards episode. the spiders. Oh, I, yeah, I had known it, but I forgot. So I, say who Bart is and what's happened. Yeah, Bart McCurdy is our newest employee over here at Living But he's Waters. been a friend of the ministry for oh, a long forever. time. 200 years. Forever. I mean, you know, when I barely <laughs> knew him, he bought me a laptop, wow. you know, to help me with the ministry. Yeah, and he didn't buy me one. <laughs> yeah, but Bart. he bought me one. His favorite hint, hint. person he bought. <laughs> you know, but he, was, he won because he, his high-pitched scream... <laughs> when he came across a spider. He <laughs> sent me the video. We're going to find that. Oh, it, to yeah, get the I, job? Can, I can send it to you So guys. that helped him get the job. It was, That's yeah. That's great. <laughs> I wanted to hear a screamer. Um, yeah. Let me shift gears a little bit because we talked, you know, you, you put us on a good trajectory talking about how fear is rooted in pride. I also think that it can be rooted in comfort and insecurity. And what I mean by that is that we live in a very tribalistic culture tribalism drives us. We want to know that we're a part of a group. And once we're a part of a group, we want to agree with everything that group has to say. And to disagree with any of the tenets of whatever that group believes in is to become an outsider in that tribe. And so in our culture, to be an outsider, to be a maverick, a true maverick from a tribe feels dangerous, feels like you're alone. And so sometimes our fear is a fear, a desire for comfort, a desire to belong. And this happens on both sides of the spectrum, by the way. That's another area where we can't be gripped because that's another way of saying the approval of man. If, I'm, if I see myself as a part of this group over here, I need to make sure that I'm saying all the right things. I got to make sure I'm quoting all the right people because God forbid if I don't, I might become an outsider. You know, that's an important thing to recognize as well. And I love, as we were, as I was preparing for this episode, I was thinking about Psalm 3, and I just want to read it. It's mm. eight verses long. Mm. It's eight verses long, and I think that it has a beautiful answer to, to right. how we adjust our fears. Ray's going to quote uh, that psalm. Go, Go ahead, Ray. Ray. <laughs> Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blood out my transgressions. That's about that's all Psalm 51. Yes, I uh, Oh, Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I laid down and slept. I woke again for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies in the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. I think what, you know, as, as you slow down and read Psalm 3, what you realize is that David is shifting his view of something grand from his problems, from people to his creator. Mm. He's thinking, at first he's thinking the creature is big and the creature has power over me. But then he goes from that to saying the creator is big Mm. and only the creator has power over me. And that's what allows him to sustain his fears. I, boy, Oscar, I, I, if that was a meme, I would uh, like it, right? I mean, I absolutely love that. And that reminds me of David in uh, Psalm 23, when he, I I picture him like this, walking up to the fence, 
looking at the sick sheep on the other side of the fence, the overgrown grass, the malnourished sheep, and everything going on. And, and David just kind of pausing as a shepherd himself and just saying, you know, the Lord is my shepherd mm. and having a boasting session in his God. Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. I shall not want. I shall not need anything. I like what uh, Randy Smith said. He said, we fear so much today because we do not fear God. And he went on to say, after the fall came sin. Sin leads to guilt and guilt leads to fear. Yet if you are in Christ Jesus, all your sin and all your guilt has been taken away. You're forgiven, accepted, and loved by the Father. With God fully on your side, you have nothing to fear. Worship God by enjoying the freedom he secured for you in Christ. Mm. When our eyes are on the Lord, we can mock the tumultuous storm. Amen. Mm. Only the Christian can embrace death. Only the Christian can embrace difficult situations, times that seem out of our control. We do not need to fear tomorrow because he's already there. And though we don't know what tomorrow holds, we know who holds our tomorrow. That's good. Today, we can walk with him in simplicity and in intimacy, open up his word, and trust that Father knows best. Don't just underline it, don't just highlight it, but, but claim it, right? And I think that the Bible, for a lot of us adults, have become nothing more than a coloring book for adults. Yeah. We need oh. to come to grips with the fact that these are more than just words. They are designed to set us free. Christ came to set us free. Mm. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Yeah, you know, I think that sometimes we take for granted having Jesus as our shepherd. Uh, we forget, right? I mean, in contrast to that, when Jesus looked out at the multitudes in Mark 6, uh, Matthew 9, you know, it says he saw them like sheep without a shepherd. And we forget, right? What's a shepherd do for his sheep? Well, he guides them, he provides them, he protects them. And, you know, the world doesn't have any of that. We didn't have any of that before we came to know Christ. And now in Christ, we have that. We have the, the guidance that he gives us away from those, those deadly pits and those perilous cliffs. You know, he, he provides for us his word to give us wisdom and to protect us from the destruction of the world. He, he gives us his Holy Spirit who convicts us. He, he, protects us from Satan, from his wiles and his lies. And I mean, that is what we have in Christ. And we gotta, we have to remember that, you know? I'm sure you guys might remember, I think I shared out one of the podcasts, but one of the times that I was really struck with fear was when I was in Santa Monica once. We we're out there doing evangelism. And I remember the world was out in all of its pomp and circumstance. You know, I'm walking and there are these massive buildings on either side of me. Music was blaring, performers were out there, you know, all these swanky restaurants and arrogant looking people. And I seriously felt like a little ant in the shadow of Mount Everest. Mm -hmm. I'm walking around with my little tracks, did you get one of these? You know, and I just felt so insignificant. I was struck with fear. And then suddenly I, I got this like mental image in my mind of what my problem was. You guys know, like when, when you know, you, you watch a movie, when I was a kid, you'd watch these cheesy 1960s Godzilla King Kong movies. And I was like, man, how in the world did they find such a giant lizard? How did they find such a big monkey? You know, And, and then you, you grow up and you learn a little something about camera magic, right? Movie mm -hmm. magic. And it's, it's, it's all perspective. When the camera zoomed in, all you've got is some guy in a monkey suit or a lizard suit in a sandbox with some Mattel, you know, Tonka toys and, and Mattel houses or whatever. But when you zoom out, you see him for what he is. Right? You see the ship in the storm. It's a little boat in a bathtub with a fan, right? And so I realized my problem was, is I was zoomed in on the world. But if I were to zoom out and see things from God's perspective, mm. 
the one who spans the universe with his hand, whom heaven and the heaven of heavens can't contain, the one before whom the nations are but a drop in the bucket, right? Uh, who uses the earth as his footstool. He's my God. This earth is less than microscopic to him. And when I remember that, then it changes everything. Well, I'm no stranger to what you're talking about. So often when I've got up to open air preach, I get that feeling of absolute smallness. Mm. Yeah. To this day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To this day. I think that's important to, yes. to clarify because yes. people, I think, are always surprisingly comforted when they discover that you still have those moments of fear to this day. Yeah. yeah. And even just giving out tracks or riding my bike through a, <laughs> through a local college with oh. a dog wearing sunglasses, I just feel really suddenly sometimes really dumb. And we've got to remember that it's a spiritual battle. Yeah. But Satan's the father of lies and the accuser of the brethren. Easy, you're mentioning before about the Lord is my shepherd. I was just had an image in my mind of. Something we forget, the shepherd has a staff yeah. in his hand. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. And what the shepherd does is he separates the sheep from the goats, but he also uses that staff to beat off predators. Yeah. And so that's speaking of the authority of Christ. Mm. It's not just a wooden staff, but the authority he has to separate the sheep from the goats and to beat off the predators that come to us. Do you know what else they use that staff for? Which um, is very important context, breaking me. the legs of the sheep. If a sheep continues to wander away, a loving shepherd will break the leg of the sheep and then carry it to make sure he gets to the final destination. It's got to be an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. You know, Back I remember reading the book, uh, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23 by Philip Keller. And I went up to him at an event and I said, hey, I just want to say how much I appreciated your book. A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. And I went on and on and on. And he was looking at me, you know, he's very nice, very cordial. As I walked away, I realized that was Philip Yancey, not Philip. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, wrong Philip. Yeah, wrong Philip. I, I, I still enjoyed the book. Yeah. <laughs> I did, did that. Did you just say thank you? Yeah. No, he's like, he's just smiling. <laughs> yeah, I did that once to a guy thinking he was the guy that wrote that song. I, I've shared it before on the podcast, The Man of the Tombs. <laughs> and a, a lady brought him to our church. She, I, she said she's dating him. And she, I thought that's who he, she said he was. I went, oh, like, man, I love your songs. My, he's like, oh, that's not me. <laughs> it was crazy. I did that with my dentist. What? Oh, <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> he was a podiatrist. Oh, Ray, comfort. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. What did yeah. you do? I was in an event about two weeks ago and someone came up to me and I thought it was my dentist because I've never seen my dentist without his mask. Oh. Well, maybe you've seen him once without his mask, but they were both Asian, both the same height, both the same personality, same age, but I introduced him to a group of people. This is my dentist. <laughs> my dentist. And I thought, no, it's not. <laughs> he didn't say anything. He just like yeah. moved with the flow. Gracious brother. Yeah. You know, Ray, I, I was thinking about what you often talk about and we've already talked touch on it a little bit, but just the, the, the right fear, right? There are things we should fear. Fear, it protects us. It keeps Spiders. us from, yeah, danger and destruction. But anytime I hear someone mentioning skydiving or bungee jumping, you always come to mind. What? And I, I, was, I was at this, uh, th this event in Mississippi, and one of the speakers was talking about how he went bungee jumping in New Zealand. You know, that's where bungee jumping was invented. Really? It was in New Zealand, yeah. It's like skydiving on a rubber band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like sometimes the bungee is a foot too long. Yeah, but I told the guy, I said, if Ray Comfort was here right now, he would rebuke you for having, <laughs> for having done that. Yeah. Ask him if you open air preachers. Oh, right. Good question. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, this is a bold brother. I think he has. So I just got to say, I did see a video where the um, bungee went into a noose around the guy's neck. Oh, that's that. That would be my biggest fear of bungee jumping. Like, how, what if that 
it must happen. What about the bungee being a foot too long? That's another fear you should have. Well, I'm sure they test it, right? Yeah, test on. You're not someone you'll wait. You know, we tried it on a, on a, on a, on a little puppy. Yeah. <laughs> he bounced back really good. And you're next. Yeah, bungee jumping's crazy. Uh, anyhow, look, but scripture does tell us. I want to go spelunking, by the way. What in the world? I have that's heard of that. Cave what diving. Oh, I really oh, want to go cave diving. Like, diving in a in cave. The water? Like you, uh, yeah, you like, uh, you descend into a cave on a, on a line. Yeah, that's dumb. I think we're going to we're gonna have to lock, have to lock Oscar. Oscar in his office. Yeah. Wait, Oscar, have you ever gone skydiving or, or nah, bungee jumping? I want to go so bad. My wife went before we met. Uh, she won't do it again with me. Don't do it. Ray, yeah. rebuke him. Do your rebuke. Listen, but yeah, I rebuke you. But before you do it, you go skydiving. <laughs> I'd like to take out an insurance policy on you. If that's it's okay. Out. It's yeah, out. Oscar. I got you. But. Scripture tells us, 2 Timothy 1, 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, right. but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I, my heart gets touched when I, when I hear or recite that verse. God's given us a spirit of power, of love, of a sound mind. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's how we should function as God's people. This is related to truth. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. I love what uh, Brian uh, Borgen said. Before you said. go to what Brian says... Just stay with that scripture because I was just thinking of, of yeah. and we'll get back to it. Yeah, right. We're given a, a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. That's what the world doesn't have. It doesn't have power over death. It doesn't really know agape love. It's a selfish love. And it doesn't have a sound mind until it comes to Christ. It's wow. just very powerful. That's so true. Yeah. And again, another one of those things that we take for granted, you know. But Brian uh, Borgman said, the sovereign king of the entire universe is our father. He has not only created us, but he has also recreated us in Jesus Christ and has provided everything we need. Paul tells the timid Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Unbelieving sinful fear is contrary to what God has put in us at conversion, Romans 8, 15. We overcome the grip of fear by knowing what God has done for us through his son. We break fear's grip by realizing God did not give this fear to us. Rather, he has given us the spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind or self-control. It's so important for us to, to you know, remember that, that the world is going to seek to ensnare us in, in every way, shape, and form to be fearful. Can I just say something here? Sure. You guys used the word sneer, and I was wondering if, the audience is completely familiar with that word. It may be archaic for today's society. Which, which word? Well, the, the fear of man brings a sneer. Oh, describe yeah. it, right? A sneer is a trap. Yeah, That's like a the bear trap. Word. Yeah, a bear you trap. Step your foot and in it. it. Yeah. And it got you, yeah. That's yeah. one fear I have of standing in a beer trap. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Wait, well, guess, a, wait a beer trap? I can't say oh. it. <laughs> the trouble is it'd be up to my neck. That would be what happened. Um, but I love the fact he said unbelieving sinful fear. Because again, like we said, there is a, a healthy you know, kind of fear. But Mark, in the remaining few minutes we have left, what about that fear, and in, in especially in our day and age, of, of standing up for righteousness, where we will not speak up, right? Abortion is one of those. I mean, that, that really is an area that, that God has given you a burden for, and I believe a, a radical expertise in. Yeah, I think for the average Christian, the normal Christian, when somebody is inside of a situation, they need to go share the gospel. They may feel this fear, this anxiety to be able to share. But the moment I think somebody begins to come up against Christianity or mock Jesus, whether mm -hmm. that be in the school system or out and about, we will begin to see people respond, Christians respond with great boldness. 
Yeah. Right? You start mocking Jesus. I may not want to enter into a conversation, but you start mocking Jesus, I'm going to begin to say something. I remember not too long ago, I uh, went to get a haircut at a uh, local, uh, I think it was like Fantastic Sam's or someplace. Makes sense. And uh, and I remember thinking to myself, you know, I, I don't really want to engage in conversation right now. I just kind of want, I want to get my haircut and I want to just go. And this was around Halloween time and the person next to me started talking about ghosts. Hmm. And before I knew it, the whole barbershop was talking about ghosts. <laughs> and then my hairstylist, you know, looks at me and says, do you believe in ghosts? And I'm like, biting my tongue. And she's all, you know, I think that ghosts are very real. And I went, away I go. I just started talking about uh, the biblical foundation of talking about ghosts and demons mm. and angels. And then that led into a different angel, the angel of the Lord Jesus Christ and the person who Jesus Christ is. And before I knew it, I'm open air preaching inside <laughs> this barbershop where everybody is listening to me. And then and there was one main lady who was in charge and she, I could tell she wanted it to stop, but the one cutting my hair was fully into it, and the, the patrons that are around were wanting to talk. Wow. Provoked. Yeah. Provoked, not wanting to say anything, not organizing an event to do so, but provoked to be able to do so. And I think that we should look for those opportunities to be provoked, to be able to boast about Christ. Yeah, you know, I would just throw out there that old adage, live a little, man. <laughs> you know, live a little. Speaking you want to live a little, preach the gospel. That's you know, good. open your mouth and you want to you wanna experience exhilaration. I mean, Ray, I love it when you talk about that in one of your sermons about, you know, people, what people do for, for that fear, right? Yes. Roll, roller coasters and bungee jumping, skydiving. Try sharing the gospel. You want an adrenaline rush? <laughs> Share the gospel with people. Leave the consequences to God. And God's got the hold at the other end of the bungee when you do that. Amen. He's in control. That's right. Real quick, speaking of living a little, my other even bigger bucket list dream is to heli-ski. Oh, so when the helicopter no. takes you up to the peak of the mountain and you jump off and um, snowboard. Uh, Oscar, rebuke him, Ray. You, you need prayer. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to put this out there. If anybody listening wants to put together a Living Waters podcast. <laughs> just clear my throat. Heli skiing or skydiving adventure. Oscar. Oscar. It's podcast Take at livingwaters.com. Take a picture of your, of your children and look at it and say, which would I prefer? That's big They're coming thrill, with me. But losing how he knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And that's the kind of father he is. You push my button. Yeah. Well, we'll have a nice rebuke session with you and Ray afterwards, friends. Yes. But uh, yeah, I love what Robert Murray McShane said. Are we not all immortal till our work is done? I pray we apply that in the right way, not like Oscar's doing it, but in in relation to the gospel, you know, look, there there is that testing of God that we, we don't want to to do, but but when it comes to doing things for the glory of God, live free. You know, God is sovereign, your days are numbered, and be bold for the gospel and let the Lord use you. I hope some of you, the thousands of you all around the world that are listening right now, that some of you will be challenged radically and say, you know what, I'm doing it now. And do what Ray always says. He doesn't think about it, because if he does, he'll talk himself out of it. Mm. Right, Ray? Right. Thank you. Okay, friends, there you have it. This was fun. Okay, please don't forget to check out Anyone But Me, 10 Ways to Overcome Your Fear, and be prepared to share the gospel and the Evidence Study Bible at livingwaters.com. Comments, ratings. Why you? Why you... Uh, Miserable, right? He's I was just me. thinking how people me. have been listening and thinking, these guys are really sane, and then you just destroy it. <laughs> That's the whole point. It's yes. to make us humble. Yeah, uh, you do. Yeah, podcast at livingwaters.com. Send us your thoughts and all your suggestions and all that good stuff. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters Podcast.
podcast, where we have no idea what will happen to Oscar if he heli skis. <laughs> chicken dinner i have no idea where that ridiculous saying came from but friends we do have winners winners for the podcast giveaway that is the living waters podcast we have angela from yucca valley california yvonne from crestline california brooke from clayton north carolina andrea from anderson indiana elias from pittsburgh pennsylvania becca from lincoln university pennsylvania Lowell from Yakima, Washington, Don from Charleston, Illinois, John from Ford, Australia, good on you, Mike, and Dave from Will and Lane, United Kingdom. Congrats.